Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The Real Estate starts now. In today's episode, Night at the Movies, we explore the intersection between real estate and the evolution of the movie-going experience and its impact on our everyday lives. We'll discuss how theaters have evolved over time and what impact the recent pandemic and streaming have had on the theater-going experience. And with that, Alex, please take us out. You know, the term movie actually comes from a shortened version of moving pictures, which was coined in 1868 when cinematography consisted of individual static images strung together. And none of us were really around you know, during that time, but it's a really incredible invention to think about it. And as a matter of fact, you know, the, the, the film, the first film ever made was called The Horse in Motion. Um, in 1878, if I'm not mistaken. And it wasn't really made for entertainment purposes. Instead, it was produced to answer a simple question uh, of from a, a racehorse owner, Leland Stanford, do all four of a horse's hooves ever leave the ground when they're galloping? And I believe they do, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not quite sure of the. I guess. I guess I got a fifty-fifty shot on that. I'll go yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as that evolution continued, you got the first theater that was actually open to show motion pictures in New York City, the Edison's Vitascope Theater in 1896, if you can believe it. And uh, following that, then you had the first drive-in uh, that was launched in 1933 in New Jersey. You had popcorn machines being invented and used with theaters starting in 1925. And from there to today, we've got the evolution of the movie theater experience. And I don't know about you, Alex, but movies have always been a really big part of my life. Well, you know, it's actually, it's been part of everyone's lives. I think that movies, the motion picture, let's just put it that way, has been, um, has been pivotal in, in, in not only entertainment, but it's also been important in documenting history. Uh, it's, it's been an important device that has been able to give so much information to people around the world um, in so many, in so many ways. And I think that there was a, just, just this notion of being able to string together uh, individual static images. Um, you know, if you ever, as a kid, drew pictures of, of a stick man just walking. I mean, those are these are the things that entertain just 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 pretty much any, by anybody. As a matter of fact, I, I think there was it was called a Nickelodeon, which was the um, which was like little sh- storefronts that had these um, these motion pictures, literally moving pictures uh, that you'd pay five cents, hence the Nickelodeon. It was a nickel that you paid. And so um, that whole concept of taking real estate and using space as a vehicle for entertainment purposes started by early 1900s. That's right. I think 1905, I think, when the Nickelodeons came out. And I think if I recall correctly, looking at old videos, people used to stand there, I think, and, and use your hand to, to turn the device for the That's movie. Right. to. So basically, you were determining how fast the movie theater experience was going, was going by, which is very interesting. And I wonder, well, I don't know what a nickel is worth today, but I, it's probably, it was probably 
cheaper then than now, but I can't be sure. I mean, well, now you, you go to the movie theaters, you go to the movie theaters, you know, a family, a couple of kids, it's like uh, you got to give a kidney uh, the cost to go to the theater. Yeah, I mean, most of the, 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 the majority of the cost in going to the movies isn't really about the movie, though, is it? It's about the popcorn. It's about the, you know, the, 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 the jumbo size coke <laughs> yeah it comes with a lifeguard it's so big <laughs> i don't think the movie theaters i think they break break even on the movie the movie is just the reason to get you in there all the profit is the concessions which is a joke but it's not that far from the truth because uh, movie theaters keep about 60 percent of the revenue from the the movie ticket itself but they keep a hundred percent of the money from the concessions well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, it, it, it's not only the entertainment, but it's also the experience, right? And so it's, it's not surprising that most of us remember uh, the popcorn. I mean, if it's a bad movie, I mean, so let's just say the movie is amazing. You love the movie. You come out talking about it and you go to the office the next day and everyone's you know, screaming and, 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 um, and gossiping about the movie <clears throat> in the background. But if the movie isn't great, uh, you remember the popcorn. <laughs> you remember all the other things that you did. The date that you were on. I mean, sometimes when you take a your first date to the movies, remember that back back in, in the day that that actually ever happened. You didn't spend the time watching the movies for the time. You know, in the back, in the dark, with the woman or the what. So it's. It was more about the experience, and then, of course, if it was a bad movie, um, you you um, either just got up and left, <laughs> and left because your time was was that much more important than what you were what you were experiencing. Oh, that's so true. I mean, first of all, just on the dating thing, how about the first third of the movie where you're playing handsies with the armrest, <laughs> trying to figure out when the time is to make your move? You know, is is the movie going to give you a romantic scene to make your move in? You know, I think if you're gonna, if you're watching Die Hard, you're going to have a problem making the move uh, and the other thing was exactly what you said i mean the popcorn the drinks when i was a kid you couldn't we didn't get that stuff at home the only time i was having a coke or popcorn was at the movies so it was not just that i was having popcorn and coke and having something to eat and drink at the movies it was stuff that i could never get anywhere else that was part of the experience itself but for me i was 12 years old when I moved from Montreal to Sao Paulo, Brazil and went from an English environment, my mother tongue, to a completely different Portuguese environment. And, and so I craved on my day-to-day -day life anything in English. And so the chance to go to the movies where in Brazil, the movie, uh, the American movie was played with the American actor's voice and everything and there were subtitles along the bottom. And so I didn't have to read the subtitles because I could obviously understand what they were saying. And that brought me back, brought English back into my uh, into my psyche and it was that was part of the the pleasure too so just an interesting way how the movie experience was also more of me keeping in touch with my homeland than it was just the theater or the food well that's that's very interesting as a matter of fact i think you know when you make a point about connecting with your homeland i think there's also the fantasy of people experiencing films that like sci-fi take them away from their reality and into someplace else to get their minds off of their day-to-day -day, um uh, issues or their day-to-day -day mm -hmm. lives and you know so for me i, I just personally fell in love with sci-fi I think uh, even though there probably was a movie that I'd seen before Star Wars, <laughs> but I think Star Wars was the only movie that I can remember that impacted my life in a way that um, uh, I'm sure a lot of people's lives, right? Because it just, it's just inspired this 
idea of the future, idea of space travel, an idea of all things um, fantastic that were, um, were, were amazing. As a matter of fact, when you just sort of look back at, at certain types of films that impacted uh, our generations, uh, you start seeing um, more than just moving pictures. You see stories, you see, you see um, concepts, political messages in some cases, um, humanity, uh, I, concepts and ideas that, that really um, were, were brought to life in, in a way that were, were metaphorical, but also quite, 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 quite visual. Yeah, I agree 100%. And Star Wars is a good example because I think the Star Wars movies was maybe the last big uh, blockbuster set of movies that came out before you started seeing the evolution of the television in the home and the, uh, and the uh, emergence of the plasma flat screen TV, which I think changed everything. Um, and in those days of Star Wars, I, 100%, there was no comparison of seeing something like that in the theater, in the dark, in the quiet versus seeing it at home on your little old TV with people coming in and out of the room. There was just no comparison to that experience. So I, I would like to, to, to shift a little bit and talk a little bit about the home theater revolution and what that did to the movie going experience in both good and bad ways. I remember the first time I walked into somebody's apartment, some fa a rich family, and they had the first that I'd ever seen a 42 inch flat screen plasma on the wall tied to the wall. I thought that was the wait, coolest wait, wait, thing. What, what year was that? 1842. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean 42-inch plasma. I just got a 42-inch plasma. I mean, we're talking about it. So, more the, but I think, look, it's, we, we, we went from being able to only see the moving picture in a theater to being able to see things like television uh, in, in our homes. And that evolution really, you know, really was important. But let's just, let's talk about the movie experience, right? I think that, you know, when it comes to actual spaces, in order to uh, you, you evolve from the Nickelodeon, which was a storefront where people can walk up and and experience this 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 uh, this situation, it was it was typically a one to one uh, environment, right? So you you putting your head your, your eyes into this little machine and you're turning, you're spinning like a periscope. Right, this this crank, and that was a one to one experience. I think the the next level became a one to many experience, in which case it said, you know, we're going to put this this screen up, we're going to sh showcase a film, and we're going to invite people to 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 sit and watch it, and then thus required larger uh, spaces, right? And thus the theater concept was was uh, was born. So. And then, of course, now we're in a place where theaters have gotten massive, right? So there's just there's just enormous mega theaters, which now you've got one theater that's sort of huge in your IMAX, and you've got ten other theaters in a in a in a space of which now take up you know, eight ten blocks, and then you've got now people watching movies at home. So the real estate involved, and the spaces involved, and the built environment involved in making these experiences happen. Uh, you know, really, really are are amazing. Yeah, I think as like anything else, technology has really changed uh, uh, that industry. When you were talking about people starting to congregate into theaters and watching together, you know, you think of the advent of air conditioning and what a boon that must have been to that industry. Because now, can you imagine how much more comfortable it is for the southern <laughs> states? People going to going to see theaters and stuff indoors at night or during the day it must have been brutal with air conditioning. Not only what did it make it more more comfortable, it was another reason to go there just to get away from the heat for two hours. It didn't even matter what you were watching. 
It was as much a chance to get away from the heat as anything else. It so it just goes to from, show you from Miami, right? I mean, I think <laughs> Miami and LA. I mean, like, I think it's just there's, there's air conditioning and the heat. I mean, look, I, I think how how did because you know when you think about it, right? You see the movie theaters, and we think about movie theaters as being these enclosed spaces. But there's also the outdoor movie theater, right? There's the drive-in theater of which you drove up and then you were in the comfort of your car and you had your own devices and your own tools, if you will, that you brought. Because you know, you either you either brought your own food or you or you you ordered in from someone on roller skates coming to your window uh to give you some give you some give you a coke and and, and some some uh, some chips. But but the the experience is is different for a lot of different people at different times of our lives. I mean, I'm not quite sure. Um, if you've ever been to movie uh, to a, a driving movie theater, but it's but even today those things are coming back, right? I think social distancing um, uh, all being considered, it's a really interesting way of being able to 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 uh, to experience a movie safer. Well, I have some memories of drive-ins for sure, and they're different depending on what age I was. When I was younger, um, I remember when I was a young teenager going and seeing Jaws in a drive-in in Miami. Uh, with uh, another family friend of ours, and in their car, they had, I think, a five-year-old kid or some or six-year-old kid, just ridiculously young, to see a movie like that. And at the end of the movie, the two cars are pulling up, we roll down our windows, <clears throat> and I go, what a movie. And the little kid pops his head up. He must be five. He can barely get the head over the over the, win the win windowsill. And he goes, scary movie, eh? <laughs> no kid. I wonder, how, I wonder how long it took before that kid went back into the ocean. I if mean, ever. Scarred for life. Let me tell you, you know, that's And then the next time I went to a drive-in, I was trying to make a move on somebody. So it was a chance to go someplace where you could... Uh, you know, you could fool around a little bit. You could you could neck a little bit. I mean, that was you know in the days where we all lived at home, uh, there was no place you could go. You know, yeah, people weren't teenagers weren't taking motel rooms back then. I, mean, I don't know if they do now, but well, I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, back then it wasn't. You know, I guess the drive-in movie was the was the the version of Netflix and chill, right? It was more. It was like yeah, it was like more chill than Netflix, <laughs> right? I mean, it's uh, so. I think look, I mean, the the the, the place in which you see the films. Uh, definitely has uh, an impact on the, your experience, right? I think to a certain extent, what you're telling me right now, what you're telling us is that the reason why you go to the film is also as important as the film in, in which you're, you're going, you, you, which you're seeing. So the venue, the the accompaniments of the, of the food, the company that you're with, um, the the format or the function in which you're going to the movies either in a car or you're walking what have you it's all part of the it's all part of the experience it's all part of the story absolutely absolutely and i do want to say that with the advent of of people staying home and and watching things at home which must was a much higher quality whether it's the viewing screen the sound systems etc I do feel that that has dribbled in a little, maybe, a, a, I don't know if it's more rudeness or a lack of politeness or a little more selfishness in the movie theater experience itself in terms of noise, people looking at their cell phones. I found that the beauty of the theater is always you're in there in the dark and you're 100% riveted to what's going on on the screen without any distractions. And when somebody turns on their phone or they talk out loud because they're used to doing that in their home, now they everything they watch, they do that, that's just a habit. They, they check their phones, they talk, they, you know, they can pause it. And I think that they 
they bring that into the movie theater experience. And I think that has taken something away from the movie theater experience. And I think that's part of the reason why you've seen theaters in, in order to compete have gone way upscale in terms of the theater experience now. Right. I mean, I think, well, it's, I mean, it's a good point, right? Because I, you know, when you think about why I'm going to leave my home, you know, the comfort of my home to go out and watch a movie in someone else's environment, I, it has to be for a very good reason, right? And I'm going to want to enjoy it and uh, appreciate it. And so I think that for very quickly, when the fidelity of movie watching increased in your home, right? So larger screens and sat in the other and people had more space. Um, home theaters became a bit, a bit of a thing. Uh, you, the movie theaters needed to actually up their game a bit. And, you know, the thought of going into a dirty uh, floor, sticky floor movie theater in the dark in the middle of nowhere uh, and driving 30 minutes to get there really didn't seem that appealing anymore. Right. After, after he's like, well, you, you yeah, apples and apples and apples really not not so much so not to mention the expense the parking the food the it, theater itself exactly so if you're going to want if you're going to attract me you got to make me want to, to the be babysitter right <laughs> there you go um so so i get it right and and so now you have to level up the experience you have to create something that's more interesting and thus it went more um more upscale unfortunately with going upscale went went an increase in cost so and then price and all that so now you're paying for the plush uh, situation, which then, of course, you know, now a $20 night turns into a $60 night and so forth. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, there, there's positives and negatives to this, uh, to this higher service. Like, you know, I'm talking, you know, there's theaters you can go and they'll serve you food while you're eating, while you're watching a movie. I don't really know if I want to have the noise and, uh, and the smell of someone eating nearby me when I'm watching a theater. If I'm, if I'm hungry, of course I love it, but if I'm not hungry, it's distracting. So I'm not really sure. Where do you fall on that? Are you pro or negative serving food yeah, while the movie's I'm, going on? I'm actually, um, mixed, right? Because I mean, there's some films. And look, right now it's 2022, but there was a and there was a point in time where the longest movie was an hour, right? I mean, now we're like we're at three hour movies. I mean, there's movies where you, you kind of need an intermission. You want to get? I a, cannot hold my urine that uh, long you anymore. Wanna, you want to go get a? You know, you want to go to the back. So there's a lot of things that that have changed, right? And so I think you know, and a three hour movie, yeah, I, I I'm gonna want to I want to want a snack. I'm gonna want to get up and, and re get a refill on my my popcorn or whatever. So I think there's a certain level of um, you know of service that comes with the larger and longer format films that we're now seeing on the big screen, right? And that experience, I mean, who knows. Maybe in a year or two or three from now, we're going to see four or five hour movies. I mean, clearly right now we've got a three hour movie and then there's a director's cut. That's the four hour version that comes out uh, for fans. So there, there's a whole experience behind the experience that's behind the experience that um, we that ultimately makes a movie that much more um, interesting and that lasts longer. But I think the net net circling back to your question, I think that um, that just the notion of being in a restaurant while watching a movie while with your special person next to you is actually quite quite entertaining and quite enjoying. 
Well, you know, it's funny. It's almost full circle, right? As the theaters try to get fancier, they're getting smaller and more intimate, almost starting to replicate the home theater experience that people have put in their own homes. Uh, I'm almost trying to make it as comfortable as to to get your point of the of if you're going to have to make the trip, it better be worthwhile. Besides the whole streaming revolution and uh, technology revolution, of course, we've, uh, we've, we've gone through a pandemic here, which has obviously had a huge impact on the movie theater experience. I myself, who loves to go to the movies, have not been in a theater since, uh, since the beginning of COVID, since early 2020. Um, and it's not that I'm, 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 I'm hesitant to go now. I would, but it's, it, it, the habit went away. It's not a habit to me to go to the theater anymore. So I'm not thinking, hey, I haven't been to the theater. What's playing this week? Because the habit has evolved into a home habit now. So I'm going to have to, you know, push myself a little to get back out there. But I am looking forward to getting out. Have you been to Have you been to the theater? Uh, yeah, actually, I went to see um, Tenant. And that was the, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. And that movie came out in the beginning of the pandemic, actually. And it was one of the first films that actually, uh, I don't say aired, but I guess premiered in a physical theater. Of course, it was one of those films about (laughs) about time travel. So it was, it was, and one of those films that you also um, needed to see more than once. So the, 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 the impact of that being in a pandemic was like, okay, well, I, I, I risk my life to see it the first time. But I have to no see it clue again. what I just saw. <laughs> so, but I, I, I actually enjoyed it. Um, but I think you're right. Right. It's like, you know, it was a big trade-off and it was a big, it was a big film, right? It was like, you know, I, I, I was more likely to see that big hundred million dollar movie in the theaters on IMAX that was filmed to be on IMAX than say, I don't know, Frozen or something. Plus it's your it's your it's your genre sci-fi. Plus it's one of your favorite directors of all time, Nolan. So I can see how that can get you into the theater. The same way if there's one I would go see now, I'd probably go see the new Spider-Man because as you are, I am a huge uh, superhero movie fan, Marvel movie fan. And uh, and there's just, again, seeing something like that for the first time, the impact of seeing it on a big, huge screen in the dark is not the same as seeing it at home, even though I'd be much more comfortable lying on my back with some popcorn and a Coke watching it in this, on the screen in my, in my living room. And I could pay, you know, 20 bucks or 15 bucks or $5 to rent it on, on iTunes. And I could, I could just watch it, but it's not the same. And that's the image that stays with you. That's the experience that stays with you. Well, you know, that's that's a really good point, right? Because I think that there was also the the directors and the filmmakers that are actually making these films to be seen on a big screen, right? I think there was um, those that those are familiar with Dennis um, Villeneuve and his point of view about actually even Christopher Nolan's point of view about seeing um, uh, films on the big screen are is is the in the vision of of how the films were created so the dunes the tenants the you know the in this case the spider-mans as opposed to the romantic comedies that you don't really need to see in the big screen you can very much see in the comfort of your own home and don't need to pay and go through all that so i think there might actually be a different type of experience that warrants theater going versus not and there used to be a point in time where 
um, or this is a trend that people thought that the movies would become a bit more interactive, right? So that you can sort of choose your own adventure and thus the, vid- the, the, the movies became more of a video game-like experience. So now the kids are, uh, or the younger generations are really getting more used to interactive gameplay. Will they want to go into a theater and experience something that they can't control? And and be be a passive viewer to someone else's story. So the, the the theater ultimately needs to change and transform. I'm thinking that it might, to your point, um, it might get bigger, maybe in some cases, but it also might get smaller. Uh, and then the theaters might actually get closer to us to be more convenient. Um, so it's a one it's one trend or the other. I mean, I think I don't know where you where you land on the bigger versus smaller discussion, but I think it's something to be, to be fair, as we see real estate changing, the cost of real estate changing, the venues and availability of, of, of large spaces dissipating um, so I, and changing hands. So I think there could be a story to be told about um, what, in fact, we're going to see in the, on the big screen and where the screens are going to be uh, in the future. No doubt. That's a great point. Um, you know, we talk about shopping centers and different podcasts and how that is evolving and how anchors are changing and how the mixed use of that space uh, to offices, to gyms uh, uh, is changing. And that will obviously affect the same way the multi the multiplexes that we have in shopping centers versus the standalone theaters you have in places like New York and L.A. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the public is buying less and less tickets every year. I mean, I think we've gone from an average of over four tickets per American in 2009 to under three and a half tickets in 2019. But because the prices go up, the revenues still show that they're climbing. But in these days, the total revenue that the studio receives from a movie is box office is more important now than it was 20 years ago. Um, And now you have, in addition to that, those ancillary streams like the HBO Max um, uh, or Disney Plus, where they're putting things directly to to TV because they're getting 80% of those revenues instead of 45% of the revenues from from the theater but i think your your main point is is the key point to the future which is now that the studios have various pipes of which to distribute original content which is where all the profit is how are they going to determine and differentiate which type of product they're going to want to take throw down the theater pipe which one they're going to want to throw down the premium service on demand pipe and I think that's going to make a big difference to what type of experiences we're going to be able to have. I mean, are independent films, small romances going to still be viable to put in a theater versus putting it on, a, on putting it directly to, to video or, or to a premium uh, paid service in terms of the profitability to the studio? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, and I, I don't know the, the answer to that, but I go back to the point that I made earlier, which was this one-to-one versus one-to-many concept. I think that, you know, when we have, uh, we see movies in our own homes, it's a bit more of a one-to-one experience, right? It's, it's our relationship with whatever's on the screen and we're having that ourselves and we're watching it on the go. We're watching it on our, you know, on any, any kind of screen that we've, we've got available at, um, to us at the time versus the, the one-to-many, which is us going into the theater with our friends. And I know that there's a... You know, sharing the experience. Sharing the experience with others. And I know yeah. that there's, you know, the Apples and, um, and, and, and other networks are trying to uh, create this sort of social experience around watching. So invite a friend and you can watch it together at the same time. And this, uh, it's kind of a clunky experience. It doesn't really work very well. But... You know, I think there's something to be said about seeing a film with other people and being in an environment in which you can do that. 
right? That's not your home, right? Because I'm not going to, I I have a one bag of popcorn that I like. I'm not going to sit and make eight bags of popcorn for eight of my friends to watch a movie at my house, period. <laughs> so I think, I think there's something to be said about going out to the movies with others that makes for a really interesting experience. Of course, there are certain types of movies that you want to do that with and others that you wouldn't. I mean, um, I don't know if you'd want to watch a watch porn. <laughs> I mean, I'm going, I'm going there, but uh, you know, with with the people. But I think I think it's one of those experiences that I think need to be um, uh, we need to sort of sort of segment the experience, the movie, and the venue, and the 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 sharing of it independently, and thinking about it that way. Listen, I agree 100%. Let's be honest, you and I, some of the most fun times we have is just throwing movie lines back and forth to each other, movies we've seen. When I go to a movie and I ha- and it's a great movie, I come out of that movie energized and jazzed and you want someone to share it with, to talk it over with, to go to dinner afterwards or go for a drink afterwards and talk about the things that moved you in the movie and uh, exactly. what you expect and didn't expect. That's half the experience. And much as and I have gone to movie the- to movies by myself uh, in the middle of an afternoon or something when this, you know, you want something to do, kill some time, you go into a movie theater. But it's not the same as 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 sharing it with somebody, whether it's a date, whether it's a friend, whether it's taking kids and watching through their eyes the joy of them enjoying that kind of experience for the first time. It's thrilling. But but I only feel like the the movie is only as good as how many other people have seen it. Right. It's like if you saw the movie and no one else saw the movie and you had some really good experiences, you got some good one liners and like, oh, man, that was great. But no one else has seen it like like it no longer has the same impact. Right. You want to go and say, oh, man, you know, um, uh, I'll be back. And then someone says, oh, man, it's so funny. Remember that scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in, uh, in Terminator? So those those kinds of shared moments are are ones that we that make you know that make obviously for great uh movie experiences but also for cultural experiences as well yeah as opposed to if no one knows you're talking about well i'll be back and someone will go what what are you leaving (laughs) (laughs) right so i think to a certain extent it's like shared shared enjoyment is also shared misery right you want to take people to see a movie with you so that you can share the experience also share the pain (laughs) if it's piss poor and then you can talk about it afterwards so i think I, I love the notion that that sharing the experiences, regardless of whether or not it's in the movies, uh, at home, or in the theaters, is is in, is important. And then the venue of which you're doing that is also critical. So when you're thinking, so I'm not quite sure how you feel about this, but like in looking to buy a home, right? I I, I those that. Are, or are in the process of buying a house are thinking about, okay, well, the living room experience. And then the real estate agent says, oh, well, this is a home theater. <laughs> um, or this is a, they've got the speakers in the ceiling. They've got the the widescreen TVs uh, on the walls. And it, it, it has um, an impact. I think today the screens have gotten bigger, but then the, all the other things have gotten a lot smaller. Right, the the speakers have gotten smaller. They're hidden. The you know, you've got this Sonos now, so you don't even need the receiver. So you have the 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 the, the theater impact, the theater effect uh, has actually changed in our minds as well as in our homes. Listen, there's no doubt that staying at home in the comfort of your home, you now can have a tremendous experience in terms of technology and and visuals and streaming and and sound, etc. And I do still think that there is that 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 energy that comes from sharing something like you have so aptly put 
an experience with someone, whether you're traveling with them, having dinner with them, or going to the movies with them, is so valuable to our everyday lives, to our health, to our pleasure, to our to our uh, enjoyment of the company of others. And uh, and so I'm I'm hoping, and I do believe that there will always be a place for the movie theater. And I hope that most movies will still start there to give people the option to watch it there for whatever reason, whether it's a date, whether it's a family outing, whether it's you just want to see something like sci-fi, the way the director meant you to see it. And uh, and hopefully that'll continue to, to remain the case and give people the options if they don't want to do that or they want to be safe because of a pandemic or they want the comfort of their home, they can watch it at their home. But I hope we're still going to have the option and that the theaters are going to be able to find the right box size to make it work for them so that they can be profitable and maintain that. Uh, that beautiful yeah, experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right, right? So I think having the movie theaters, thinking about it in terms of shared experiences versus solo experiences, I think is the way to go, right? I think when you're saying, okay, look, a movie theater is a place to bring friends and to bring others, then it changes to me the concept of going to the movies where I used to, you know, you, you mentioned a point earlier about going to the movies by yourself and, and Sunday, you know, Sunday afternoon when it's raining, I'm going to go to the movies though that experience, that solo experience, it, I think is going to go away. Uh, but I think dialing in or leaning into the shared group experience in a theater, I think is what's, I think it's what the, what the angle should be for most theaters at the same time. The the at home experience is also going to continue to transform. People are going to get large screens, are obviously getting larger. Sound and fidelity is going to, is getting a lot better, and thus filmmakers are going to continue to build and create uh, really great experiences for for viewers in in different formats. As a result, so I love to see the evolution. I think we're at a really interesting place pre post during pandemic, whatever your perspective is. Uh, and we're going to see something really come come about in the next uh, five to 10 years where, where, um, where the experience is going to be that much more exceptional and perhaps even that much more interactive. We'll see. Oh, that sounds terrific. I hope you're absolutely correct in that prognosis. And I will leave all that, uh, as you just said, with one more thought, and it's just two simple words, and I'll close with them. Real butter. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is real that? butter for the Who popcorn? Real butter. I mean, real butter. What I is that? What is that? Milk and plastic ever, crap. I don't had, even know what that is. Have you ever had real butter on popcorn? I mean, it's just, I, it's have you, not I, even are you insane. kidding? In Canada, in the movie theaters, you can have, or at least you used to have. Last last time I was up there was 2019. Real butter. And if, <clears throat> excuse me, if you haven't had real butter, if you haven't had real butter on popcorn in the movie theater before don't knock it till you've tried it yeah look i i think i think the biggest issue with real butter on popcorn is coverage right it, for whatever reason the, the fake butter gets on more popcorn without sogging it it's like a, i don't know what the consistency i don't know what it is scientifically that makes fake butter better i don't know i i'm a huge fan as a matter of fact i that's why they sell movie theater butter popcorn in the, the supermarket for a reason because it's just it's just better it's disgusting <laughs> it's disgusting <laughs> all right well I'm, a, I'm all for movie theater butter and you're all you're all for real butter 
Um, I'll say parquet. You say you say butter. <laughs> okay, okay, over Redenbacher. And listen, the bottom line is, let's keep those great movies coming because the theater experience and that footprint uh, as part of real estate is a part that brings us a lot of joy in our lives. That's it for this show. Hope you enjoyed it. Send us your thoughts. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.